Okay, everybody, just a heads up, this episode is unedited. That's right, I'm not editing it. I don't really feel like it. Also, I think it's better how it is. Well, it's almost completely unedited. There is some editing. Not much, though. Just a heads up. Goodbye. The episode is starting now. Hi, my name is Max, and welcome to As I See It, a podcast where I go over the news and my opinions about it. Not all the news, just some of it, what I feel like talking about. Uh, sorry for the long delay in the next, in this episode coming out. Uh, I was planning on getting it out like two weeks after the last one came out, but then I just kind of didn't. Uh, also, a warning, this episode is not going to be like normal. I still plan on talking about a couple of things, but uh, now that I don't have to do this for school anymore and I'm just doing it for, I mean, because I enjoy doing it to some extent. Uh, yeah, this is this episode especially is basically just going to be me ranting about a bunch of different things. And, yeah, because I'm covering a bunch of stuff that makes me angry. So, yeah, enjoy. Also, unlike the other episodes, this episode probably will not be just marked explicit. So, if there are any children or something watching, I guess don't. Okay, so. First, I will be talking about the uh, January 6th. Uh, coup attempt. Second, I'll be talking about Joe Biden's recent statements. Well, plan on getting stimulus. Uh, and after that, I'm just going to be ranting about stuff related to those two things. Uh, this episode is being recorded on uh, January 15th. So if I say recent, I mean like a few days ago. Okay, so getting right into it, on January 6th, a large crowd of Trump supporters stormed the United States Capitol building, uh, breaking a bunch of stuff, and a total of five people died. Um, One lady was shot by a Capitol police officer, or maybe Secret Service, someone in the building, uh, while trying to break through a barricade. One person fell off the scaffolding. Uh, One lady got trampled to death. uh, And one person had a heart attack. Or in the much more interesting way that people have been saying it. Died after tasing himself in the balls while trying to steal a painting. Though uh, this has been disputed by his widow who has said that he was a... Didn't bring a taser and was very non-violent, despite the fact that he was uh, participating in a violent coup of the Capitol building. And had posed for pictures with, like, assault rifles in each of his hands. So, and also, I, I really doubt that someone's loved one would, in fact, admit that they had died of tasing themselves into the ball in the balls until they had a heart attack. So... Yeah, uh, take that with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, and the fifth death was a Capitol Police officer who was, uh, beaten to death by the crowd in 
yeah, after being dragged into it while uh, guarding one of the entrances. So, yep. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah, so this was an attempted fascist coup of the United States to overturn a democratic election. Obviously, this is not a good thing that should happen. <laughs> but to the people who are saying that, oh yes, we need to address the underlying causes of this, like uh, people have been saying about BLM and stuff like that, are actually like lunatics. Like, the underlying causes of BLM are decades of systemic injustice and such Stuff like that. The underlying cause of this is that uh, a bunch of people fell for lies and uh, decided to storm the Capitol building because of the fact that they thought the election was stolen because Trump told them to. So that's uh, great, I guess. Uh, I, I just, I don't think that we shouldn't address the cause of this. I just don't think that they're anywhere near on the same scale of, uh, problem. I mean, they're both massive problems. Like, I don't want America to fall into fascism, obviously. But, still. Yeah, also, the FBI has been, uh, making, I think they're, like, at least in the 70s, Possibly over a hundred by now arrests in connection to this. Uh, that's I guess a good thing. So yeah, that's what it is. Uh, it was this uh, attempt is frankly kind of predictable. Also, I'd be surprised if uh, there wasn't another attempt of something like this on our inauguration day. Oh yeah, I've seen people uh, saying that. Uh, well. The inauguration is actually a trap laid by President Trump where he will go and arrest all of the people there for treason. And yeah, those people are not mentally well. Uh, yeah, that's something. I'll be getting more into this, well, the other part of this later. But so I saw a video by Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about the relations to what we saw on the 6th and Nazi Germany. It was somewhat good, but I think that he got a few things wrong. One of which is that I don't think we should uh, be like unity come together sort of thing. I think that's one of the stupidest things we could do just because uh, I don't want to come together and, like, compromise on stuff like this. So, but one part that he made in that speech is, well, he uh, mentioned uh, Kristallnacht, or the Night of Broken Glass, where the Nazis uh, uh, broke into Jewish-owned businesses and just, like, destroyed them and killed a bunch of people. And compared it to this. He said this is the um, this was the American Crystal Knot. Now I get where he's coming from. But I think he's uh, somewhat wrong on that. So because uh, there's a much more similar 
uh, thing that happened preceding the well during the rise of the Nazi Party, and that is the beer halt or the beer hall putsch. It on Lake Kristallnacht was not when they were at the top of their power or rising super high. In fact, it was ten years before Hitler became Chancellor of Germany. Uh, they tried to storm the ruling places of Germany. A bunch of them died. Uh, a ton got injured. They got pushed back. The threat was dealt with, right? No. Ten years later, Hitler was in charge of Germany. So obviously, like, trying to be, like, civil, like, oh, come together. We, we've, uh, they've been punished for this enough. Just let them continue as normal. It, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It's, yeah, I'm going to get more into that again later. But yeah, I think that uh, the similarities to Nazi Germany are... Uh, well, not to sound alarmist or anything. But it, it just for the last couple of years, it's pretty obvious. The relations like fake news compared to Lugan Press. All sorts of stuff like that. Okay. Moving on to what I was not actually, I forgot about when I was uh, recording the intro to this. So, yay, radical liberal Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff both won their elections in Georgia. I'm actually kind of surprised about this, but pleasantly so for once. Um, I'm glad that the Democrats have a majority in the Senate so Mitch McConnell can't just stonewall every single thing anymore. But, yeah. I, I, I worry about the amount that the Democrats will use this power. And by that, I don't mean that they will use it. I mean that they probably won't. And that's incredibly frustrating. But, yeah, they won the election. Again, Radical, Liberal, Raphael Warnock, and uh, John Ossoff both won. That's a good thing. Georgia went blue for both presidential and Senate elections. It's actually incredible. So, next thing. Joe Biden has won the election. There's no doubt about it anymore. Uh, the Electoral College has been certified. The inauguration's a week, is, is in five days from the time I'm recording this. So, yeah, he won the election. Uh, well, yeah, he, he won the election. There's no doubt about it anymore. Well, there shouldn't be any doubt about it anymore. And yet, uh, he's already, before inauguration, he's already kind of broken campaign promises. Uh, spe specifically, the promise of $2,000 checks. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. But, uh, but Max, we, there's the 600 already passed, so giving $1,400 up to everyone, that makes it a total of 2000 Okay, that is a somewhat valid argument, but 
in context with his most recent statements on the $2,000 checks, namely one five days ago when he was saying, I will be giving $2,000 checks to every American, that doesn't work. If, if, if I told you I'm going to give you $200 at some point in the future, well, let's say actually this is better. That I am like, okay, I'll give you $2,000. And then I give you $600. And then I tell you a week later, I will give you $2,000. And then I give you $1,400 and tell you that i given you the entire $2,000 that was promised the second time. Then I'm a liar. <laughs> There's no way around it. Like, you can't run on saying well you can't do the georgia center election saying we will pass two thousand more dollars and then only give one thousand four hundred more dollars i get it it's getting it to a total of two thousand dollars which was too low anyways but uh just just give two thousand more dollars oh gee now, there were some things that were good in this most recent bill. Well, proposal, I guess it was, because it's not passed or anything. Like, uh, raising the minimum wage to $15, that is a good thing. People should be able to afford to live, at the very least. But still, like, $2,000 wasn't enough, and... uh a minimum wage increase is not going to help people without a job currently who just got kicked out of their house because they got f the, f the families of four that just got kicked out of the house because they got fired and couldn't make any money and didn't have enough savings because it's pe most people don't have more than $400 in emergency savings. And these people got kicked out of their houses because they were renting. Again, they don't have enough money to pay a down payment on a mortgage. So what are they going to do? Oh, get a job. But they can't get a job. How are you going to afford car payments? They don't even have a place to sleep. Much less family. Or, like, they don't have any money. Like, $2,000 would help. $600 was laughable. $2,000 would at least help some people. It's still not enough, but it would help. Giving $600 and then $1,400, again, better than just $600. But still, it's, it's not enough. Not enough. Not enough at all. Okay, I'm now going to be going on to uh, just ranting about systemic inequality, I guess. And this how poverty perpetuates itself so if you don't want to hear that now's a good time to tune off i will not be providing sources for most of the stuff i talked about in this episode again this is not the usual episode format go back to one of the ones before it if you want to figure out what that's like Okay, again, just a warning, if you have this on speaker or something playing loudly, you, you might just want to put in headphones or something, I don't know, it's up to you.
Um, yeah, I won't only be talking about, like, systemic injustice. I will also be talking about the stuff I've, the reaction I've seen to the capital coup attempt. Uh, well, first off, I'll talk about the stuff that doesn't make me quite as angry. The capital coup attempt. So, yeah, in response to the obvious attempt by Trump supporters and stuff, we have U.S. Congress people like Matt Gates saying that it in fact was not Trump supporters, despite the fact that Rudy Giuliani had uh, said trial by combat, called for a trial by combat, and Trump had given a speech telling people to go to the Capitol moments before they started going. Uh, that in fact was BLM and Antifa. Yes. Yeah. All those people waving Trump flags? No. No, no, no. That's that's Antifa. Yeah, it's really stupid, honestly. Um, it's kind of annoying, though. Right after this was the mass uh, far right purge on Twitter, which is a good thing, honestly. Uh, it does bring into question some free speech implications, but I do think that private companies should have a right to police what is said using their platform to some extent, at least. I don't think they should have the right to, like, ban someone for being black or a woman or something like that. But if people are openly calling for violence, that's somewhat a different different circumstance. Like, people like Josh Hawley, Matt Gates, all these people calling for violence and then saying they weren't doing it. It's just, it's kind of infuriating, honestly. Like, Josh Hawley especially, who uh, has made such wonderful... Posts on social media such as talking about visiting the Fuhrer's vacation home and being so proud to visit the Eagle's Nest. That's what he said. Uh, Josh Hawley, of course, is the young congressman who uh, is in a wheelchair and also has several allegations of sexual assault against him. And also apparently acts like a Nazi online. Like, I honestly would not be surprised if he had an account somewhere called, like, FuhrerFan1488. If you want to know what 1488 is, go to my last episode. I talked about it. Oh, yeah, so, it's, yeah, Trump got banned. That was funny. Yep. That was funny. Now I'm going to be talking about the stuff that actually makes me super angry. Well, that stuff does make me angry. But not in the same way. Civility politics. We will work together. I'm, oh, I'm not the president of the United or of the Democrats or Republicans. I'm the president of the United States. This stuff infuriates me. Holy shit! It's the stupidest stuff I've ever heard. Like you can't. Like if a group says we won't let you do anything whenever you're in office, and then. Does whatever they want when they're in office. And then you're like, okay, we'll work with you now that we have all of the power and you can't stop us. We will now decide to work with you now that the only chance we have the ability to pass stuff. It's inf it's infuriating, honestly. It's, inf it's infuriating. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, it's, uh... It's the stupidest shit I've ever seen, honestly. It's... Oh my 
God, it's... Ugh. Yeah, so that's what Joe Biden's been saying. He said uh, for the announcement on the $1,400, should have been $2,000, and should have been actually more than $2,000. He's like, oh, we won't just push this past without the help of the Republicans. Okay, then why the hell did we elect John Ossoff and radical liberal Raphael Warnock? Like, what was the point? The whole entire point of that was so we didn't need the help of the Republicans. Ugh. Oh my god, it's it's just infuriating. It's it's just infuriating. It, oh. Okay, yeah, civility politics. It's stupid. I wish it didn't exist. It's, uh, there's a saying, I, I don't know where it's from, I've seen it a few places, basically, take one step forward, says the unjust man, it's, like, imagine there's a spectrum, left and right, the right is the unjust man, and the left is whoever, take one step forward, says the unjust man, so the left goes towards the middle, and then the unjust man takes a step back, and says it again, and it just happens and happens. That's pretty much what the Overton window's been doing. True, some more progressive stuff culturally has been getting through. That's a good thing. Uh, the fact that we won't do anything without consent of the Republicans is, again, incredibly idiotic. Especially if they, after, uh, Mitch McConnell and the Republicans haven't let Democrats get anything passed for, like, however long it's been. It's like... If one side's openly being corrupt, not openly being corrupt, but openly lying, being hypocrites, that sort of thing, like lame duck presidents not being able to appoint Supreme Court justices, sort of thing, that's, and then they do that, uh, okay, that's annoying, but still, we, we've got to work together, uh, I don't, I, they might not want to compromise on us on anything, but we've got to work together. It's uh, the country. We, we can't run it with one party. Okay, I don't want a one-party government. I just don't think the Republican Party should be the other party. Uh, yeah, I, I do not want a one-party <laughs> uh, country. That's not good. That is not good at all. Uh, and I, I'm not saying we need a... To return to the old Republican Party. You like the party of Reagan. That's what we need. The party of Bush. So we can just lie to get into wars in the Middle East to steal oil. <laughs> and uh, literally like, give, like, direct the FBI, I think it was, to funnel drugs into the black community. So that... So that they could be put in jail and kept as a perpetual underclass in this country. It's well, I I I I don't know about everyone else, but that's not what I want. I just don't want a Republican Party. Again, not in favor of one-party government. Just think we need better parties. Like, how about we get rid of the electoral college, have popular vote, and have ranked choice voting? 
So third parties are significantly are able to be more viable in this country. So we don't just have uh, the corporate shill party who is the like who gets pushed over by one word and the open fascist party. That's it's just not what I want. Okay, it's yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, compromise. That's not something I like, obviously. Well, I think compromise is an important part of politics, but I think there are certain things you should not compromise on, and if you have the power to do something, you should not... Or, and it's a good thing, like passing money for people who are now homeless because they didn't have any stimulus for the last 10 months, however long it's been since the quarantine started. Yeah, I, I, I just think that the party that uh, has been trying to block that since it started should not get a voice in the vote on that specific issue. Not that it shouldn't get a voice in the vote, but that now that it's irrevel- irrelevant to that vote, we shouldn't work with them to get it passed. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be talking about systemic injustice and not just civility politics. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering what the other part of the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing that I was angry about was and said I would talk about later is, that's civility politics. He was calling for a, we need to, we need to unite, and I can't do his voice. He said, we need to unite and come together and go back to the principled Republicans. I'm sorry, there aren't any principled Republicans. Yeah, there really never were. Well, since the party switch, at least. <sighs> it's it's just inf- it's infuriating. I'm trying not to yell, so you guys can uh, not have to turn my, the volume on your whatever you're listening to all the way down. But it's very difficult not to. Okay, going on to everyone's favorite. Systemic injustice and systemic, the causes of systemic poverty and stuff like that. Fun, fun, very, very fun. Okay, if my tone or the audio quality is any different, that's because about half an hour is pa- or a few minutes have passed since I recorded the last session. I needed a minute to get some water and uh, hopefully. So I wouldn't yell immediately starting this. But yeah, I'm going to get into like the causes of systemic poverty and just who's keeping people poor. Uh, yeah, so here it goes. Okay, do you people know, listeners, do you know how many homeless people there were in 2018, according to the U.S.? In the U.S., that is. Approximately half a million. A bit more than that, but about half a million. Now, do you want me to tell you how many vacant houses there were also in 2018? That's right. One and a half million empty houses. Now, I'm sure that some of those houses aren't suitable for habitation or something like that. 
But a lot of them definitely are. And a lot of homeless people are able to live more than one person per house if somehow more than two-thirds of those houses are, like, falling apart as I speak. Now, some of you may be asking, well, why would we put them in the houses? I don't know if anyone is actually asking that. I hope no one is, but... Because the reason is because homelessness is bad. Personally, I think that every human being on the entire on the planet should be able to live without having to work for it. Now that may be controversial, okay? But I do honestly think that life or the ability to live is a human right. This does not mean I'm against abortion. That's not what that means at all. What I mean is that food, water, housing, healthcare, and any necessity to live should be given to every single person. I don't mean the rich people that already have it. I don't mean those who can afford it. I mean every single person. Now this might be controversial. Some of you might be like, Is that socialism? I Sorry, I don't mean to demean. But, uh, I don't care. I think everyone should have the ability to afford to live. <sighs> Healthcare especially is a big issue. Like, insulin prices have risen massively. And they, they haven't changed at all. People are unable to afford insulin. You see horror stories. I, I see horror stories frequently, at least. Of people who have uh, can't afford insulin and just die. I don't think someone should die because they are poor. That's uh, I think anyone who does think that people should just die because they're poor and unable to afford what they need to live. Well, I don't think that's a very good person, honestly. Because, uh, well, obvious reasons. I don't think that people who want poor people to die are good. So, why are poor people poor? Well, there are a lot of reasons. Some people just don't have the ability to... Or, why do poor people stay poor? I think that's a better question. There are a myriad of reasons. So, first off, education in the United States of America, public education at least, is primarily funded... Through property taxes. Fucking property taxes. Now whoever the hell decided that this was how it should be. Is either a complete dumbass. Or uh. Well. <clears throat> wanted to keep poor people poor and uneducated. So they wouldn't know better. Or be able to afford a better education, we'll be able to get a higher education, get out of poverty. You know why? Because if you live in a poor area, the property taxes paid, well, the housing costs are going to be lower. So the property taxes are going to be lower. So the school's going to be less funded. <sighs> if the school's less funded, 
the education is probably going to be of a lower quality. If the education's of a lower quality, well, then people aren't going to get as good an education. If the people don't get as good as a, a like schooling education, they're much less likely to be able to get into a prestigious college or even a college in general. If they can't afford it, they live in a poor area after all. They can't get into college or a good college. Maybe at any college at all. Maybe they have to work because their family's poor. They can't get a scholarship. They went to a bad school and didn't have many opportunities. Now what are these people going to do? Well, they're not going to go to college. They're just, they're going to get a job. Whatever they can, that will pay them. Maybe that's like working fast food. Hey, maybe some of these people actually do manage to make it. Some do. For sure, some people definitely do succeed, despite having all the odds stacked against them. The exception does not make the rule, though. Just because there are exceptions doesn't mean it's not a problem. So what's this person who uh, grew up in a poor area? Poor household? Bad education? What are they going to do? Well, there are a few things they can do. First, I'll talk about what happens if they get whatever job they can get. And that's what that's they get all the money they need. Well, that job's not going to pay them enough money to leave the area. If they did leave the area, what other job would they get? That's, that's the thing. They wouldn't be able to get another job. They didn't have a good enough education. Now they've worked at this job for several years out of high school. These companies, like a city, or that pay better. They're not looking for a high school graduate. They're looking for someone out of college. Not that people out of college don't have struggles getting jobs or anything, but, well, it's, it's easier if you uh, didn't only graduate high school. So they're going to stay in the area. Same area with low property taxes. Hey, maybe they'll make ha make a family in the place with the low property taxes. And then their kids will go to school in the same place with the same school funding problems. That's why people don't get out of poverty much because if you're stuck in a place and you can't leave it to go to a place with a better school hey well, how are you going to get a better education how are you going to get a better paying job those people who like there have been cases of people who like they want their kid to go to a better school so they go to the next school district over oh I'm sorry that's fraud go to jail for several years or get massively fined stuff that you cannot afford. And then, yeah, okay. What are you going to do now? <laughs> you got a criminal record. You got your, your kid's still in this shit school. So what are you going to do? The answer is nothing. There's nothing you can do. Okay. Now, some people might be thinking, oh, 
But that's why charter schools are good. That, no, charter schools aren't good. They just give people an excuse to cut p- funding to public schools. That's, that's all it is. Just cut it further, that is. Not that education's funded well enough anyways. <sighs> yeah, charter schools just aren't the way to go if you want to help people. Especially in poor neighborhoods. Especially seeing as charter schools are almost exclusively like, oh, the lucky few get in here. (sighs) Yep. Okay. Now, what's the other option once you're out of high school? Go to community college. Same thing. Same thing happens. Maybe you'll get a slightly better job, but... It's not enough to afford a down payment on a house. So you're going to stay in the same place. Okay, let's say, though, that uh, maybe your family is super poor. Maybe there's a medical emergency or something. Maybe you just want a group of friends to be with or people to hang out with. What do you do then? Well, you see, there's a very easy way to make a lot of money real quick. It's called crime. <laughs> it, uh, uh, counterintuitively, see, it's the same as crime doesn't pay. It does make people money, for sure. It's not a good option. No one wants to be a criminal. But, like, realistically, a lot of people do turn to crime due to desperation. So... What happens if this person turns to crime? Hey, then, uh, maybe they succeed. Maybe they stop eventually. Maybe they join a gang and they stop. They leave. They go back to their life. Maybe they get enough money that they can move somewhere else. That's, well, it's a good ending, but people they heard along the way might not think so. What happens if they don't stop? They get caught by the police. Maybe they've got a child on the way. They go to jail for whatever crime they committed. Well, they go to court. Their court day. Do you know that black people, especially, are sentenced to significantly longer sentences for the exact same crimes? No priors, no nothing. Longer sentence. No reason other than because they're black. They're assumed to be more likely to recommit crimes. That's not a reason to put someone in jail longer. They're more likely to be wrongly convicted of crimes. Yeah, it's a, well, one-parent households, well, let's just say, If you only have one parent, maybe your uncle's in a gang. Hey, that's your only role model. Maybe you'll join up when you're older, old enough. That's how it happens for so many people. So many people. It's frankly sad. One way to help lower crime is to, well, take 
the tie between pro property taxes and school funding away. And also just fund education in general. Like, education is seriously underfunded, which is one of the reasons why we've seen so many people fall to misinformation and idiocy in the last couple of months. One of the reasons. Well, the other reasons that, uh, well. Well. Well, it's, uh, people want to believe stuff. Same reason people join a gang, actually, in large part. For a group where they belong. A sense of belonging. Friends that think like they do. So, yeah, they'll join, like, a Facebook group. It's called, like, QAnon or something. Maybe they're like, oh, well, my friend joined it, so I guess I'll check it out. A month later, they're trying to storm the Capitol building of the United States in a coup attempt. That's how it happens. Uh, yeah, so... I'm not saying that people who join gangs shouldn't be like put in jail or something. But the justice system, especially, needs to be reformed, honestly. I personally think death penalty should be abolished. There are no circumstances where the death penalty should be used. There is not a single circumstance. Of course, in the heat of the moment, like most people aren't going to continue saying that. Like, If your family member just got murdered... Obviously, you're not going to be like, I hope this person gets rehabilitated well. But that's what it should be. That's what the justice system should be. It shouldn't be focused on just, uh, on, well, it should be focused on justice. It shouldn't be focused on revenge. Revenge helps nobody. <laughs> not a single person is helped by revenge. Not a one. Well, you know what does help people? Rehabilitation. Lowers recidivism rates. It, it keeps people safe. Now, I'm not saying that every single person can be rehabilitated. Not everyone can. Some people just, like, like the feeling of killing people. But almost everyone can. And I think that is what we should aim for. Rehabilitation instead of revenge. Like, I don't care if you've, like, robbed a bank or... Murdered 10 people. Rehabilitation is the way to go. Obviously, if you don't show any signs of rehabilitation, the sentence should be lengthened so you do, in fact, stay in jail for your entire life until you show signs of rehabilitation. But I do think that rehabilitation should be the ultimate goal of the justice system. Okay, yeah, so, uh... I wonder why it is that, uh, black people, why the rate of black people in jail for drug offenses is so much higher than the rate of the amount of white people in jail. One of the reasons is that, uh, again, like I've mentioned earlier, black people are charged for crimes. Well, they're in jail, they're sentenced for much longer periods. They have much harsher sentences for the same crimes. Black people and white people use smoke uh, marijuana at about the same rate. Black people are way more likely to go to jail for it. This is, this is just injustice. 
It honestly just is. Well, to go to prison for it. And then they're sentenced like, oh, yeah, you got a, you got caught having one, like, yeah, I, I don't know how this stuff's measured. I don't know anything about drugs. But you got caught having, like, one, I don't know, joint, I guess. You got caught smoking marijuana. You didn't even have a distributable amount. Well, that's tough. I hope you learn not to do that again in your 10 years in prison for smoking marijuana. Smoking marijuana is a victimless crime, honestly. A victimless crime. Who gets hurt? Basically nobody. It's, it's more victimless than alcohol. In most circumstances, at least. Of course, drug dealing and getting people drugs, that is a very like bloody industry. Which it wouldn't be if it was legal. I, I do think drugs should be legalized if you're wondering. Just due to the fact that, uh, well, it would make it significantly like safer to do drugs. People aren't just going to not do drugs because it's illegal. Uh, it'd also be significantly uh, more profitable for the government instead of trying to enforce this war on drugs, sentencing people to 20 years. You got caught. Having weed. 20 years in prison. Goodbye to the rest of your life. Because after a felon is out of jail. What? You can't get a job? Oh, yeah, that's because you did something bad one time. No job for you anymore. Oh, does that mean that you can't afford to buy anything? So you'll have to commit another crime? Oh, yes, it does, in fact. Of course, there are some places that hire felons, but not many. Yeah, it does in fact mean that you'll have to uh, steal something to make ends meet. Maybe you'll turn back to doing whatever you were doing before. Well, if you were criminal. Well, if you wasn't like just doing drugs one time that got you thrown in jail. You know why that is? Why people are sentenced for disproportionately long amounts of time for drug offenses? Like, someone could rape someone, get sentenced to like two years. Murder someone gets sentenced like five years. Black guy smokes weed once. Ten years in prison. Do I mean to tell you why one of the reasons that there's such harsh, disproportionately harsh sentences for uh, drug offenses? Well, to do so, I'll read something called the 13th Amendment of the United States. So, 13th Amendment. Because, uh, it makes it legal for slavery to exist. Well, it makes it illegal for slavery to exist. It does allow for slavery's punishment, which is why there's prison labor, which makes it profitable to lock people in jail. It's profitable to lock people up. That's why people are... Well, it's not profitable for the government, like, it costs a lot of money to keep people in jail. But private prisons, they're just raking in cash. 13th Amendment says, Neither slavery nor involuntary, serv involuntary servitude except as punishment for crime whereof the party shall have committed or been duly convicted shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. W except as a punishment. For crime. 
That sounds a lot like uh, slavery is legal to me. It's not completely illegal. Chattel slavery is illegal for sure. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but it is illegal technically. But this, this just openly legalizes slavery as punishment. Like, that's not okay. That's why people are. That is the reason why people are so disproportionately sentenced for drug crimes. One of them, at least. I mean, the reason that black people are disproportionately sentenced to drug crimes is also that. Also, just plain racism. Systemic racism is a thing that exists. Uh, yeah, so. Fun, fun, fun. Very, very fun, I'm sure. When I say that, I mean the exact opposite. It's just what I do when I'm angry, I guess. Yeah, so, uh. This isn't good, folks. This isn't good. This is not good at all. You know what happens? Well, let's just say single-parent households are... Well, children of single-parent households are less likely to succeed. That is the case. doesn't mean they can't succeed. It just means they're less likely. Duh. Yeah, so... Do you want to tell you something that happens when you lock all of the men up? Well, the significant amount of men up, so uh, they can do free labor for you. That's right, folks. Single parent households happen. You know what happens in single parent household? Hey, maybe the kid looks up to their uncle, who again may or may not be in a gang. Maybe if he is, more likely to join it, and then they're more likely. To get caught doing a crime and be sentenced and sent to jail, possibly leaving a single parent household behind. It all perpetuates itself. And it's all infuriating to me, at least. It's <sighs> prisons should not be for profit. That that should be gotten rid of altogether. It's it's just it's it's actually just insane to me. Like how do people look at this and be like, yes, this is fine. This is the way the system should work. It's, 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 I, I don't understand how these people, how people think this. I don't understand it at all. Oh, it's, it's just infuriating. It's, it's, it's just infuriating. Okay, on to something a bit more topical. Well, not that that wasn't topical, but oh, let's just say that the homelessness crisis is getting worse. Before the pandemic, the average American had under $400, was unprepared for a $400 emergency. There has been almost there have been about 10 months of quarantine. People lost their jobs at the beginning of it. People lost their jobs now. People, like a four-person four household is not able to sustain itself on savings for 10 months. Most, the average won't. Some definitely can. But, like, if they're a poor, if they're not, like, significantly wealthy, they likely won't be able to. If they, if... Two people, if they're both the people who make money are unemployed, what are they going to do? 
nothing. They can't do anything. First, maybe the car payments. They can't afford the car anymore. The car gets repossessed. Well, that makes it harder to get a job. You can't really get a job if you don't have a car and you're unable to go anywhere as quickly as you otherwise would be. Hey, but maybe there's good public transportation. Okay. What goes next? Lawyer insurance, you can't afford that. Like, you, you, you're not making any money. You, you can't afford that. Oh, good. $1,200. Maybe we'll get this again before we need more money. Oh, no? What? The next stimulus will be in December? We have to make it from April or May all the way to December on $1,000? That wouldn't cover food, much less anything else. That's why once the moratorium on rent is gone, that's what, what's happening now, Hundreds, thousands, probably tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands maybe, maybe in the low millions, are being evicted. They can't pay their rent. They can't. There's, they have no money. <laughs> they can't get a job. They have no car. They have no way to get there. To there. They, maybe they'll be able to stay with family for a while. That's a good thing. Not all people are that lucky though. Not everyone's lucky enough to have a good group of friends that will take care of them if they're homeless. Or family to stay with. Especially not a family of four. Or how many, or however many people. It's like, what are they going to do? Get a job, risk getting COVID-19, giving it to their kids? And then they have to go to the hospital? Well, getting a job, a low-paying job, so an essential worker's job, uh, like, as a grocery checkout person, again, get COVID-19, give it to their family, then they can't stay with anyone, so they can't even do that. Like, if they do do that, hey, maybe someone in their family has to go to the hospital. What are they going to do? You can't afford a hospital stay with the amount of money that... Two people working, like, part-time hourly jobs with minimum wage make. Especially that, not that, and keep up with paying to keep your entire family fed and maybe in clothes and houses. It's, it's impossible. It's not actually possible without going into debt. It's, that's right. Debt. Oh, I'll just take out a loan. Oh, I'll... Overcharge my credit card. People, this this pandemic isn't going anywhere. You're not going to be able to make those interest payments. People aren't able to. They're just not able to. It's unfortunate, but a lot of people are going to be homeless. And that's why I think we should give people money to be able to stay in houses. I think... Again, I, I said this earlier, but I'm just ranting and rambling at this point. I think that everyone should have the ability, well, should have access to, no matter if they don't do a lick of work in their entire life, 
no matter if they're the hardest working person, no matter if they come from the richest household in the country, no matter if it's like the child of Elon Musk, or if it's like the child of the poorest person in the country, someone like hundred, like a few thousand dollars in debt. Every single person in this country should have the ability to have a shelter over their head that they are in control of. Homeless shelters are a good thing because, yeah, obviously, you don't want to make people, homeless people have to actually sleep out on the streets more than they already do actually have to sleep out on the streets. But there are issues with homeless shelters. Not everyone can go into a homeless shelter. People get kicked out of homeless shelters all the time. What are you going to do then? Sleep on the streets. Sleep on the subway. So you gotta... Well... That's why I think everyone should have, like, a house. A house. Access to water. You die without water. Everyone should have access to water. It's a public utility. It's a public utility. There's a reason it's called a public utility. And it's not because people should have to pay for it. <sighs> people should also have access to food. I'm not talking about, like, everyone needs to be able to eat A5 Wagyu beef every meal of the day. But I do think that people should have access to healthy food. I also think people should have access to healthcare. I don't think that tripping and falling, well... Breaking your ankle or something. You can't drive to the hospital. You don't want to burn your friends. So you call an ambulance. You go to the hospital. They're like, okay, we can fix that up. Uh, here. It'll take about, like, five hours. However long it takes. They fix it. You're in a cast or something. Or it, you can't walk full capacity. You broke your ankle. You couldn't drive. The hospital because uh again broken ankle you can't drive with a broken ankle very well well what are you gonna do you've just gotten out of the hospital and they said oh yeah like two thousand dollars for the ambulance ride i don't know like thirty thousand dollars for everything else what are you going to do you <laughs> like <laughs> too bad Again, the average person cannot, couldn't, before the pandemic, couldn't even afford a $600 emergency. You're just screwed. <laughs> Honestly, you're just screwed. You're just, there's nothing you can do other than go into debt. And going into debt, hey, how are you going to make the money back anyways? You're in, you've got a lunch. You can't even, like, do construction work. Well, you're, for a while, at least, you're in a cast. Maybe you'll go back to your minimum wage job. Well, the minimum wage isn't even a living wage. You could barely afford to survive on that. Hey, uh, what, do you, what, what are you going to do now? Uh, uh, nothing. <laughs> you can't do anything about it. You're just going to be in debt for the rest of your life because you tripped. You tripped once. Goodbye future. Of course, that's if you were able to afford insurance in the first place. If you weren't, well then, uh, you're going to be at like $25,000. You can't afford that. You can't pay that off. You missed a few payments. So, maybe if you had somehow managed to save for a house, well, too bad. 
That's gone. Goodbye, house. Now you're homeless. And still owe $25,000. What can you do? What can you do? That's right. Turn to crime. But, of course, I already went over how that ends up turning out. Country is set up in a way that there is a perpetual underclass. Even in this own country. Not to mention... The sweatshops overseas that made almost anything you buy. Oh, those like those new Nike shoes? So, I'm sure those people that made it loved being paid like two cents an hour. It's, it's, it's honestly atrocious. I, I don't think this should be how the world works. And it definitely doesn't have to be. Again. There was a... Like, most of the major uh, candidates running for election, for the Democrats at least, were in favor of some sort of universal health care. Some better than others, of course. Like, single-payer, Medicare for, er, well, yeah, there's Medicare for all, is definitely better than public option, which will just get defunded in a couple years by the time the next Republican president's in office due to the fact that, uh, well, the average person on the public option's obviously going to cost a lot more than the average person who's able to afford or private insurance due to the fact that people with pre-existing conditions have to pay more to get it. There, it costs an average more for their insurance so people, the insurance people are just gonna be, or like the Republicans are just gonna be like, look, the, all these people in the public option, well, they cost a heck of a lot more than the people who b you pay their own insurance. Why is that? Oh, that's be right. It's because the government's inefficient. No, it's not because the only people on the public option are those who have to be. No, it's because the government's inefficient. Sure, and then they're gonna defund it. That's right. They're gonna defund the only healthcare that people can get. And what's going to happen? Those people are going to die. Because they still can't afford their goddamn insulin. Oh, yeah, I guess. Thank you for listening to the As I See It podcast this week. I know the episode was different. But, uh, well. I could have gone on kept on ranting for another hour or two. Like, I didn't even get into the warmongering that also makes money. Uh, or the f reasons why people are perpetually held in poverty. Well, obviously it's a profit incentive, but... <sighs> yeah, it's it's all mess. I, it's, it's bad, it's bad. Fortunately, I'm not in the position of this, but... Again, thank you everyone who actually made it this far for listening to the As I See It podcast. The next episode will probably be in a month or something. I don't know. It really depends. I might make it like next week. I don't even know when this episode's going out. Actually, I do. It's going to be in like 20 minutes. <sighs> yeah. So, thank you everyone for listening. Um, Yeah, if you have any questions, I guess. You can email me, uh, 
my contact information is like on the site where I host the podcast, so that's easy. It's easily accessible or easily enough accessible. Uh, if you have any disagreements, be sure to email me at maxammons04 at gmail.com. That is right. I'm giving people my email so they can email me if they disagree with me. I may or may not talk about this at the next episode if someone disagrees with me. I don't think anyone will actually disagree with me, but if it happens, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Goodbye.